some of the most popular episodes on this podcast are from retirees who share their experiences early in their transition. But it's also important to keep in mind the big picture because retirement is not a static thing. It's changing as we speak. So today we'll focus on some of the trends that you'll want to know. This is the Retirement Wisdom Podcast, and I'm Joe Casey. Returning to the podcast today is my guest, Catherine Collinson. She serves as CEO and president of Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation, which includes Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. Catherine is a champion for Americans who are at risk of not achieving a financially secure retirement. She oversees all research, publications, and outreach initiatives, including the annual Transamerica Retirement Survey, which this year completed its 23rd edition. With more than two decades of retirement industry experience, she's a nationally recognized voice on retirement trends. She's testified before Congress on matters relating to employer-sponsored retirement plans among small businesses, which featured the need to raise awareness of the savers credit among those who would benefit most from the important tax credit. Notably, Catherine was named an influencer in aging by PBS's Next Avenue. Catherine, it's great to have the opportunity to talk with you again. Hey, Joe, it's great to be back. So I wanted to check in with you, given your purview and the data and trends that you see. How are people feeling about retirement these days? And what words are they using to describe retirement? The good news is people love retirement. And when we ask about word associations, uh, they're twice as likely to cite positive words than negative words. And the top three word associations are freedom, enjoyment, and stress-free. That's great to hear. And what do you see in terms of what people's dreams are and fears about retirement? People are dreaming of a very active retirement full of uh, travel has consistently been the top-sided retirement dream as long as we've been doing the survey, spending more time with family and friends, pursuing hobbies, also doing volunteer work. And some people even dream of doing paid work in retirement. They love what they do. It could be continuing to work in the same field, starting an encore career, or even starting a business. So people have dreams of keeping very busy when they retire. And many people listening to us today are pre-retirees who want to retire smarter. What can pre-retirees learn from retirees? Great question. And we recently published a report called Life in Retirement, Pre-Retiree Expectations and Retiree Realities. And I hope everybody reads it because we find some really good similarities, but we also see some disconnects. The number one disconnect that I see relates to retirement transitions. If we look at the experience of retirees, almost 6 in 10, 56% say they retired sooner than they planned. And often it was either due to personal health issues or employment-related issues. So when one is considering their retirement planning, it's really important to have contingency plans if retirement comes sooner than expected. And then also, and this is sort of my interpretation of the data, is in looking at it, it seems that some of the transitions may have been abrupt, not something that happened peacefully and serenely and seamlessly, but it could have been a jolt. 
So I think it's important that everybody prepare themselves. There could be a bumpy road ahead getting to the other side of that transition and to be kind to yourself, to expect it, to kind of roll with it. And the encouraging news is once people are retired, the retirees are living their best lives in retirement. That's a a finding across the survey. We see that they're enjoying life. They say their happiness has improved. Maybe not their finances, but at least their everyday experiences are quite positive. You just have to get through the transition. Yeah. So you mentioned disconnects and expectations and realities can be different. What gaps are you seeing between those two? Well, this also relates to transitions. Is many workers today and pre-retirees are looking to work longer and fully retire at an older age with a flexible transition to retirement. It could be switching from full-time to part-time, maybe working in a different capacity. And many employers are not yet offering flexible transition options. So if that's your vision, it's really important to sort of uh, stealthily do your homework to see if that's something that you can accomplish with your current employer. And if not, then stealthily do your homework to find out ways that you might be able to do that. As a former HR person, I can endorse what you're saying about those stealthy options. <laughs> They're always there, and it's a good way to go about looking at what's available. But I'm curious, what do you notice about the trends in flexible retirement options? What's happening over the years? What direction does that seem to be going in? It seems like things are going in the right direction with employer business practices and benefit offerings. The progress has been slow, but we are seeing progress when we survey employers. Relatively few employers offer a formal phased retirement program with specific criteria. And among them who don't, many say they would take things on a case-by-case basis. So that's important to keep in mind. And if it seems that your employer is one of those employers, focus on your A game because you have a lot more negotiating leverage if you're a top performer than an average performer. And then the other thing where we're seeing progress is, and by and large, in some ways, this is thanks to the pandemic with the proliferation of flexible schedules and remote work arrangements, we're seeing movement of employers offering sort of, it's not formal phased retirement, but flexibility that could help people transition through schedules, possibly shifting from full-time to part-time or working in a different way or capacity. Makes sense. And what's one trend you're seeing that's positive and promising? And what's one trend that's concerning? The the positive trend is the idea of an active retirement and that work and retirement are no longer mutually exclusive. And when we look at people and workers and pre-retirees who have expectations of some sort of work beyond traditional retirement age or in retirement, they're almost as likely to reference healthy aging-related reasons as financial reasons. Of course, the money and the benefits are important, but people are also seeing it as an opportunity to stay active, be involved, keep our brain alert, social connections, sense of purpose. So there's good from that. And that can actually 
even help promote healthy aging. So that I think is a really encouraging trend. Now on the flip side, the second part of your question, what is, and I'll use the word scary, what are some of the scary findings is people are not yet planning adequately, in my opinion, for the potential need for long-term care later in life if and when their health starts to decline. And that is, one, it's extremely important to do so because it's never a good idea to wait until a crisis strikes when emotions are high and options are low. But it's also very difficult to navigate just due to the soaring costs of long-term care and how one might be able to fund it. And there are so many decisions to make when someone's thinking about retiring. And one of them is deciding where to live. What key factors do you think people should consider in making that decision? Well, of course, there are a number of lifestyle-related issues and considerations. And it's also a really exciting time. If you are retiring and are no longer anchored to a location because of an employment situation, that opens up a whole new realm of possibilities. And the types of things that you want to consider, of course, are affordable cost of living, proximity to family and friends and loved ones, often home is where the heart is, as well as a thriving community where you can really enjoy life in retirement. There are also more practical aspects such as access to healthcare and medical care. You may not want to move to a healthcare desert when you retire, or if you do, have plans to move back closer later on when that need might arise. And then with regard to your actual dwelling, we see many, many people, most people want to age in place in their homes. They don't want to have to move to a retirement community or assisted living when that time comes. So as you think through where to live in retirement, think of a household that you can age in place. And if there are home modifications that are required, best to get those done in advance, as well as factor the cost of doing that into your retirement budgets. And Catherine, what's one key thing people overlook when planning for retirement? One thing that we see that we haven't talked about yet is legal documents, getting your house in order legally. So having things like a last will and testament, powers of attorney for healthcare and for general finances, a trust, getting your legal documents in order. Hopefully you're not going to need to rely on them anytime soon, but it's really important to express your wishes in advance of a crisis. And then the other thing that we don't see happening in our research is having conversations with family and close friends about where you are financially with regard to your retirement savings expectations, and laying that groundwork as well. People are not engaging in those conversations yet, the extent to which they need to. And again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's so much better to have conversations in advance than wait till a crisis strikes. One gap I noticed in your latest report is that people are very positive in their attitudes toward living longer, longevity. But there's still that big gap in terms of a written plan. What's up with that? That is the great mystery, isn't it? 
So we see that people still aren't engaging in the level of financial planning that they need to. And relatively few have a financial strategy for retirement in the form of a written plan. And that's our roadmap, how to figure out the complexities, how our spending and savings might change, and how we're going to ensure that our savings last the rest of our lives. And many people simply have not taken that step yet and engaged in that level of planning. And as you mentioned, longevity is a big part of the equation. If we look at it, we have our savings and investments, the year that we retire and our longevity is going to define how many years we're spending in retirement. So it's a huge factor in the equation that people just don't have a good enough handle on yet. And for those listening, you'll find a link to the report in the show notes. Highly recommend reading it. There is a ton of great data, great summary insights, and actionable ideas that can help you retire smarter, both on the financial and non-financial sides of life in retirement. Catherine, thanks for talking with us again, and thanks for making us smarter about retirement. Thank you for having me on the show. So what are some positive actions you can take following this podcast conversation with Catherine Collinson today? Number one, what's your word for retirement? There's a lot of value in capturing a word that sums up the themes that you have in mind when you think about retirement. The three she mentioned that were the most popular in the survey were freedom, enjoyment, and stress-free. But what's your word? What's that theme that gets you excited about that phase of life? Thinking about this, brainstorming some words can give you some clues as to what your priorities are and how you're thinking about retirement. Number two, what are your expectations? The Transamerica report is titled Life and Retirement, Pre-Retiree Expectations and Retirement Realities. So it's worth thinking about what are your expectations? Take it down from the vision and theme of that one word to what do you think day-to-day life will be like? And then how can you road test it? How can you get some data? How can you get some reality checks, if you will, on those expectations? Talk to others who have retired, do some research of your own, and test drive some things. Take a week and practice vacation. I know that sounds silly, but you can really learn a lot when you've got free time and the types of things you think you might want to do in retirement by taking them for a test drive. And a side note, sometimes people think, well, maybe my expectations are too high. That could be, but I see often expectations for retirement are actually too low. Keep in mind the likely longevity and how many years you're likely to have in retirement. It's quite a stretch for many people, and that may give you a different perspective on what's possible for you and amend your expectations. Number three, get your house in order. I think her reminder about getting the legal documents in order is a great thing to be thinking about with one year coming to an end and a new one right around the corner. Do you have wills, trusts, estates, etc. in place? Are you up to date with the beneficiaries in a lot of your plans? Take a look, do an audit, make sure you've got those in place. If you don't, put it high on your list for the new year ahead. And remember, only 23% of people have a written plan. If you don't, Put that high on the list as well. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. 